your Division II champions, Grand Valley State. It's the Ankara Podcast, presented by the Grand Valley Sports Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Up Podcast presented by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GBSU Athletics. Your health, our passion. Today is Thursday, March 18th, and the Lakers are national champions. The GBSU Women's Indoor National Championship captured in Birmingham, Alabama over the weekend. The fifth title for head coach Jerry Baltus and now 24 national championships for Grand Valley State. And another phenomenal showing. The men also finishing as the national runner-up. That's the first time they've earned that honor since 2015. So we'll talk about everything all around GBSU athletics, but there's no better place to start than with that national championship and runner-up finish. And as a matter of fact, a little bit later on in the show, we have two individual national champions joining us, Nicole Streenan on the women's side and Dennis Mbuda on the men's side. Nicole, outstanding performance for her running five different races throughout the weekend. Dennis, an 800 individual national champion. So it was fun to catch up with them and hear about their experience down in Birmingham in a, uh, a weekend unlike any other for a national championship of course all the isolation the protocols and everything that goes into it but the sense we got from both of them Tim is they were just so excited to get back to national remember it was a year ago they had nationals taken away from them in a snap and now here you come back with all that able to hold on to all of that as Nicole said hold the fire and come back and win a national championship was awesome to see it's a tough thing to do it's a tough thing to uh, hold that that line and focus on what's is so far ahead. I mean, it's such a long, long time. They didn't have the, the fall to compete in terms of cross country. You train, you train, you train, and you're not really sure what the end result's going to be. And especially you trained last year for that period of time. It's gone, taken away. Um, and, and then, you know, you're looking at another whole year trying to get back. And, and there were no guarantees during the fall even that they're going to have championship. D- Division three canceled their, their, all their championships. So, you know, great job by then. I was While we were interviewing them, I was thinking about if I started a, riding a bike from a standing position, could I beat them? <laughs> no Nicole, chance. Nicole, no, because I'd have to start and, and catch up. Dennis, I'd, if, I really, if I really built momentum, I think I, I could beat him in the 800. Because it's a longer bit of a distance? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, Nicole saying how she was embarrassed by a minute 23 to run a 400. I was like, I'd take being able to do that right now, no questions asked. That sounds really fast to me. Yeah, 53 but, seconds now is really fast. Yeah, well, that's why she holds the school record and why she's a national champion in it. But it, it was awesome to talk to them and recap that whole weekend. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth here, too, as the Laker women blow away the competition, 93 points, 53 points more than the second highest team, an absolutely dominating effort. I finished. I think they finished the first day with 36 points, a great job on the yep. start with the pole vault and the weight throw, set them up beautifully, and then, of course, some good preliminary runs in the distance and in the sprints, and they go into the second day, championship Saturday, Tim, kind of knowing as long as they take care of business and just do what they know they're capable of doing, they, they had it basically in the bag. Yeah, they did, and you know, there, but there's so many things that go into it because, you know, false start, a protest, somebody gets nudged, you know, you lose, you know, 10 points, 10 po- you, you losing 10 points, another team gaining points is obviously a very precarious situation. So although, although nothing is in the bag, they had built themselves a nice substantial lead. And by getting individuals into those, into those finals, which is the key point, because there's no consolation final, they score one through eight. Uh, you know, you, once they got those individuals into those finals, you're feeling pretty good about the situation. But uh, head coach Jerry Baltus, he's lost a few of those national championships on both the men's and women's sides by a half point to a point. And so you're, you always want to finish the deal. Yeah, and then on the men's side, you know, Jerry said it. There were not some not-so-great preliminary runs by his mid-distance and long-distance guys. They really had to make up some ground in that second day. And I'll tell you what, I know this is the Anchor Up podcast, and we're recapping the Grand Valley State performance, but Trevor Bass is unbelievable. Yeah, he is. He's good. I, I mean, to watch that kid from Ashland run, we saw him here during the DMR. Mm-hmm. I got to watch him run live. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it's so insane that a human being can run that fast the way that he moves and the way that he's able to compete in four different events he scored four different times on the men's side basically won a national championship for Ashland so even though this is the anchor up podcast we're not going to spend too much time talking about Eagles but we do have to mention Trevor Bassett because he was the star of the show on the men's side no doubt well the the Gleick in general you look at how the Gleick finished one through four in both men's and women's uh, track and field and then you had uh, Saginaw Valley also in the mix and in some other schools and you know, from the GLIAC. And so from the GLIAC, you had the men's runner of the year and the women's runner of the year, Nicole winning the uh, the women's 
uh, runner of the year. So impressive feat by the Gleak. Great showing. And, uh, uh, again, congrats to Grand Valley State on their one and two finish. And if, if cross country season had been run, you probably would have the program of the year for both men and women. Uh, the Jerry Baltus Award, which it's, it's named after Fittingly. Him. Yeah. Jerry, by the way, uh, also named the yeah. uh, USTFCCCA National Coach of the Year as well. So a big shout-out to him. A great season on both sides. And, again, I've told you this every week on the Anchor Up podcast, but if you want a full in-depth breakdown by Jerry, he does a great job every week on the GVSU Sports Report. That six-minute interview is available on YouTube.com slash WGVU35. You can also find it on our track and field social media tweeting out those links so that you can watch Jerry break down all of the runners and throwers and jumpers and vaulters that participated this past weekend and led to a national championship on the women's side and a runner-up finish on the men's side and I think it's important to highlight you know obviously when a national championship is won everybody wants to throw the confetti and celebrate becoming second in the nation is darn impressive as well the Lakers doing it for the first time since 2015 so a great bounce back season for both the men and the women after having the national championship stolen from them last year not being able to participate and then like Tim said that men's team particularly on the uh, distance side if they could have run cross country this year they might have had national championship number 24 before this one but instead the Lakers get it on the indoor side and now the Lakers host outdoors later on this season so who knows we could have another national championship to talk about before the academic year is all said and done so that's a great way to kick off our weekly recap brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan confidence comes with every card here for you now more than ever Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan so we talked about the indoor track and field accomplishments. And I, before we move on, I'm going to skip ahead to my great moment of the week, Tim. It's presented by the Randy Catterberg Agency. But my great moment of the week is the Angelica Floyd comeback win in the 60-meter dash. She was a good – she was falling off into third or fourth place, and then the last three steps she took were a blur, and she catapulted into first place. A <clears> stunning <throat> win for her. Her reaction said it all. She couldn't believe she won. Nicole was talking about it as well, how psyched up she was for to see her roommate get that championship as well. An absolutely incredible run. Of course, you say from start to finish it's only 60 meters but a lot happened there in terms of it almost felt like it was in slow motion where she falls back and then catapults oh, I thought, ahead i thought she was like a full step behind in the <laughs> first probably 25 meters and then you're thinking oh there's no way because it's only 60 meters there's right. no way she can catch that up and then you know by the by the you know 50 meter mark you're thinking oh she's got a chance and then, you know, obviously just photo finish. So Yeah, and Jerry said, you know, race. obviously he's worried about a bunch of different things or a bunch of races going off, bang, bang, bang. So he wasn't in the arena to look at the race until the very start. Of it. Literally the, the gun went off, and that's when he was able to focus on it. And so he just watched that little snapshot of – falling behind, catapulting back in front, and he kind of mirrored that thought of how awesome that was to see her win it in that fashion and what a gutsy performance down the stretch of that 60. So that is my great moment of the week brought to you by the Randy Catterberg Agency. Now let's continue with more of what happened in Laker athletics over the last week, and we go to another NCAA tournament appearance, the GBSU women's basketball team making their sixth straight appearance in the NCAA tournament goes down to Springfield, Missouri, a tough loss to a really good Ashland team, and it was close throughout the whole game. The Lakers got within two with under a minute left to go, but just couldn't quite pull it out. Ashland, who did not hit threes when they came here earlier this year, and the Lakers swept the regular season meetings. Boy, they get out to a hot start, hit four of their first five threes. That gave them a cushion, it felt like, and kind of just set the tone for the game. Well, yeah, and the Lakers you so expanded so much energy just getting back in the game. They right. you know, that early deficit. And we had talked about, you know, this team is not a team that can – get behind early and then, and then come back. We weren't a, an incredible offensive team, scored enough points to win, but relied on defense and, and, and staying close and then winning down the stretch. And, you know, you build that, that, that hole and you just work so hard to get back to then two points and then, you know, couldn't get a defensive stop. Ashland scores. And, you, you know, you, you kind of felt like a five-point lead is almost like a 10- to 12-point lead. And then it's, you know, so tough offensively. And uh, kudos to Ashland. You know, they struggled early in the year which I, it's really kind of weird because Ashland put in a bid to host the regional when they were struggling, you know, hitting that struggle bus there. They're, what, two games above 500. They gave yep. up the right to host the regional, goes to Drury, and then Ashland gets to the championship game against Drury, and Drury, you know, kind of took it to them. So. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that decision is the difference yeah. whether or not Ashland beats Drury in the uh, Sweet 16. But, but an outstanding year for the ladies. I mean, you know. Oh, absolutely. Ended up 14-6. 
with a team that had what a th combined 30 minutes of game action returning um, in terms of players coming back with not to mention then the player who had the most experience in Haley Swing tearing her ACL yep. before the year even starts right. so a ton of adversity for that team you're right it was, it was really impressive and you know coach Williams talks about consistency all the time and that's the thing Tim that I thought that team really was consistent from the start of the year to the end of the year they were always good yeah 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 and you know you know a lot of people talk about the end of the season um, you know, a lot of those games were, you know, two and three point games coming down at the end of the season, mm -hmm. and and we played what some really good teams, Michigan Tech, in terms of, uh, you know, coming down the stretch they win the the league, and they, you know, uh, you're playing Ashland and you're playing a Wisconsin Parkside who beat Ashland twice at home, and so you know you play those tough teams, a young team gains so much experience and so much. Um, uh, you know, maturity shown you know, throughout the regular season. So it was, it was a great year for the uh, Lady Lakers on the hardwood. Definitely a lot to be proud of. Before we move on from the hardwood, you know, Grand Valley State's men's basketball team just shy of getting a spot in the NCAA tournament. They won seven of their last nine games. Their two losses came to Michigan Tech, who just went to the Sweet 16 against the number one seed in the region, Truman State, last night. And, boy, what a game Tech put on. They had to try to come back. They, Like we were just talking about with the women, expended so much energy trying to climb out of an early hole. They got back. They took the lead late. It was neck and neck. Teams trading free throws down the stretch but an unfortunate end to uh, the Michigan Tech season. So a tip of the cap to Kevin Luke and that team for a great run at the end of the year. And, I, Tim, I know you and Kevin are good friends, so uh, just a, a great season for them as well. Yeah, we're not sure if the, you know he talked about this being his last year. So, obviously, it would have been great for them to get to the Elite Eight. And he, 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 he's done an unbelievable job at Michigan Tech um, with their consistency uh, th throughout the years. And also kudos to the Huskies for getting to that point. Tough loss for them. Um, and if that was Kevin Luke's last game as a as a Husky head coach, uh, you know, great job getting to that point. And a class human being as well. Again, been fun to get to know him for me over the last few years. I know you getting to work with him can uh, say that leaps and bounds further as what a not only a basketball coach but what a person Kevin Luke is. So all the best to him if he is indeed done coaching in the GLIAC. Moving on to volleyball where the Lakers had a nice little winning streak going on. They hosted the Davenport Panthers on Friday night, got a 3-1 to victory over the Davenport, then turned around, went to Grand Rapids for the second day. They won set one in dominating fashion, but wound up falling in the match to snap that streak. The Lakers now 6-2 and two on the year after splitting with Davenport. But, Tim, we've, we've seen the role of Allie Thompson as an outside hitter day one, libero day two. Uh, talking to Deanne Scanlon earlier this week, it sounds like Allie might have to move to outside for both games here and these big games coming up because I'll tell you what, another unbelievable performance by her on Friday night. 23 kills, hit over 400. Just an incredible performance from the outside for the second straight week. Well, you know, again, that team is a gr we, we've talked about it. That team's going to continue to get better throughout the year, and I really love their, their growth and, and what they've shown. They've shown an ability to score in the middle and in the outside, their defense is getting better every time. They really feel like the the setting game is is in a good spot. So throughout the remainder of the season, I really like the, their ability to come up with some big wins against you know. And the Gleick is in a weird spot. Michigan Tech swept uh, Fair State, who went up there, and so the Gleick is really wide open. Michigan Tech probably the the odds-on favorite. But we have Ashton coming in, and and so it, it it'll be interesting to see what happens. With the Gleick, and the tournament has not been finalized yet. As to yeah, where, we don't know how the Gleick how that's going to go. So, so uh, you know, a lot. But they have three weeks left of the season. Yep. I think. So, and the Lakers in those next three weeks. We'll talk about the upcoming schedule here in a bit. But the Ashland Eagles, who are six and two, and those Michigan Tech Huskies are coming to town. Yep. Then they go to Purdue Northwest. So some really, really good volleyball over the next couple of weeks. We're excited to check out. We're going to learn a lot about that Laker volleyball team over the next couple of weekends and that matchup against Ashland at home this weekend. You can watch it on the Grand Valley Sports Network. More on that a little bit later because we roll on to tell you that women's tennis beat Indiana Wesleyan. The men fell, and then the women turned around and beat Hillsdale on Monday. So the women's tennis team on a little bit of a winning streak heading into GLIAC play this weekend. So that's a good time to get hot if you're the uh, women's tennis side and the men's tennis team 
going to uh, hit the hardwood against the, the GLIAC opponents. Wayne State, I believe, is the first GLIAC opponent coming up this week. So women's and men's tennis off to a, a good start here as they wrap up their non-conference portion of the season and now get into conference play here over the next few weeks. Baseball played a Division One opponent in Akron, and they got off to an early 2-0 lead. Rutkowski with six strong innings, gave up one run on four hits and six frames, looked really good. The Lakers had a 2-1 lead. They took a 3-1 lead, but unfortunately could not hold it as Akron, a Division One program that's just starting out. They're only in their third year, I believe, and since re-joint, reassigning yeah. baseball yeah. at Akron. But still, Division One program that has some history, and the Lakers hung right there with them. A 5-3 to three loss for them at Akron, but still a cool opportunity to play a Division One program. You know, that's a, the, those kids always want to play those, you know, Division One teams. A lot of them feel like they should have been at those Division One programs, and so they always, you know, really kind of notch it up a, a level when you're playing those teams. Again, had the lead. Uh, you know, Akron came up with some timely hits, played clean baseball throughout, and uh, was able to pick up the victory. But a good showing by the Lakers as they are now one more non-conference weekend with Tiffin, and then uh, they'll enter league play. Yep, Christian Faust went four for five in the game, by the way, as well from the leadoff yeah. spot. So he did a nice job. Ryan Blake Jones driving in a run from that middle of the order. The Lakers' top six all had at least one base hit. So that was good to see the uh, production through the lineup for the most part for the Lakers on the offensive side, like Tim said. Back to Division Two action this weekend, and then Gleak play is right around the corner. Women's lacrosse had a couple of victories last week. They went on the road to Ohio to beat Finley and then took care of business against a good Indiana-Pennsylvania school that was playing their first game. But they're likely going to win the PSAC. They're a pretty good program. So a good win for the Lakers on the road in Finley and Indiana, PA. They got a really big one coming up again. We'll talk about the upcoming schedule a little bit later on. But a diverse effort from the Lakers. Maddie Champagne, a freshman, has kind of exploded onto the scene. Olivia Esposito, Tito as they call her, has been taking on a bigger role in the midfield. Sophie Conroy, of course, can do just about a little bit of everything. So great to see Mackenzie Lawler's offense really find these variations. And we talked to her about it during the sports report, Tim. You know, in years past, the Erica Newmans, the Abby O'Neills, the Sarah Staggarts, they've had those big eye-popping number production on offense. This team is a little more balanced. Mm -hmm. They're going to move the ball a bit more. They're going to play a little more of a team style. And really, anybody can score at any given moment, which makes them a little more versatile, makes them a little more threatening, too. Totally agree with you in terms of they have that ability where you're going to have three or four girls lead them in scoring in in different games, Mm -hmm. much like basketball did. Yep. Basketball, the women's basketball team. It was somebody different every game. You're going to see that in lacrosse, somebody different every – every game stepping up, and it's, a hard, it's hard to concentrate. You know, you could always stop Erica Newman, and then the Lakers are going to struggle to score and w- w- with some of the players they've had in the past. But when you have that, you know, versatile, balanced lineup, you know, it's tough to go- cover them all. So I'm looking for uh, – so obviously the Indianapolis game this weekend coming up is going to be a huge regional matchup. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot about that team as well this weekend. We're going to learn a lot about some of these Laker teams this week with some pretty big games, all of them available for you, by the way, on the Grand Valley Sports Network. That is our weekly recap, all of it brought to you by Blue Cross. Blue Shield of Michigan confidence comes with every card here for you now more than ever. I already gave you my great moment of the week, Tim. Did you have a great moment of the week on a very busy week in Laker athletics? Well, it it didn't end well for the Lakers in terms of track and field. The team result, they wanted to win the national championship, but that second-place finish was impressive at the NCAA championships. Just some outstanding performances, some races that were so electric. Lakers coming down, just getting edged out in the in, in like two or three races in terms of the the, the DMR, the 3,000, the 5,000, and uh, just outstanding performances. Justin Scavarda, you know, two-time All-American in the weight throw and the shot put. I thought he really showed well. And, and what a great opportunity for that senior. He's got the outdoors coming up. But, you know, for him to earn two more All-American honors for him is quite an accomplishment. And just ac- across the board, you know, the, the Lakers really performed well, and they really maximized their points of what they had. They wanted some performances to go different in the prelims, didn't happen, but they really maximized their points when it came to the finals. Yeah, Justin Scavarda, one of three different Lakers on the men's side to score in the throws with Hunter Harding and Leon White, both also taking care of business down in Birmingham, Alabama. And as Tim said, it's important to note how great a performance and how impressive a finish of second place in the entire country truly is. So that is his great moment of the week. I gave you mine with Angelica Floyd with that 60-meter dash that we talked about, our 
Great moments of the week are brought to you by the Randy Catterberg Agency. All right, time now to get to our guest interview. We know that's why you're joining us, because you want to hear from some national champions and stop listening to us talk about them. Nicole Sreenan and Dennis Mbuda are about to join us. All of our guest interviews are presented by Coors Light, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. Here they are, a joint interview between the two individual national champions, Nicole Sreenan and Dennis Mbuda. And with that, we now welcome in two student-athletes fresh off of a very successful weekend down in Birmingham, Alabama, the GBSU women's indoor track team winning the national championship, the men, the indoor runners-up. We have with us some individual national champions as well, Nicole Srinan and Dennis Mbuda. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Nicole, we'll start with you since you also just got named the USTFCCA National Indoor Runner of the Year. Congratulations to you on that. How did it feel to not only win that and win three more All-American honors, but also win a national championship for your team? It was pretty crazy. Um, I joked in one of my posts that it was the craziest hour of my life because that's the time span I had to run all three of those. And then, you know, we figured out we won at that point. I mean, it was 93. And I think the next team after that was like 49. Um, but this is something that we've been waiting for for a long time. I mean, over a, over a year, a couple days over a year. Um, but we we're missing some women that we wanted in that trip, but I knew that our, our program had enough depth that it wasn't going to be a problem. It was an outstanding performance by you guys. When you saw the scores after that first day, what were you thinking going into day two? Did you guys kind of feel like you had it on lock as long as you took care of business? I honestly do not look at scores. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm kind of weird about it. I like to just kind of let things play out. Um, Honestly, I think a lot of us had the mentality of, like, we are going to win, you know, like, when we win, not so like a, well, if we win. So I think a lot of us just had confidence going into it anyway because, like I said, it has been a long time waiting to finally claim this. So um, I think we were all kind of in the mindset that it was going to happen regardless. Yeah, Dennis, if you go back a year ago to when indoors got canceled, the range of emotions I'm sure that you all have gone through from that moment where you found out your championship was taken away to now getting to compete at the highest level here this weekend. If you could just kind of take us through what this team has gone through this last 365 days, culminating with a runner-up finish on the men's side. Uh, I think like throughout the year, just everyone had like the mentality of just like making it to nationals and doing the best especially after last season, just like having it canceled, like after doing everything, like pre-meet and then just going back to the hotel and getting the news that it was canceled. So I know a lot of people are like angry from that because it was their first time at nationals. So just like doing the right thing throughout the school year, like summertime, just training and then coming back, no cross country. And then just like keep doing like every little thing that we could do, just like try and try out time traveling and then just like training and then just like making it into nationals was like really big for the team. For sure. And then Nicole, for you, obviously the women's side, same thing, had the nationals canceled. You go through that range of emotion. You talked about how excited this team was to compete. What was this weekend like for you? Um, this weekend, it, again, like I've just been waiting for it. Um, kind of like the mindset or the theme that I had this year was um, to hold the fire from last year. That was the first conversation I had had with Rad after everything canceled. He kind of gave us space for a couple of days, kind of sort through it. And he told me that, that that's what I needed to do was to hold the fire that I had built from last year and just continue to hold on to it to kind of finally be able to get what we wanted out of this and um, – so that was kind of just kind of the mindset going into this weekend is this is something that I've been waiting for and kind of just holding on to everything from last year because last year was my comeback season. So I was very excited just because <laughs> I've been holding on to it for a long time. So explain how tough it is to because you want to peak at the right time. Obviously, you had, that's a long time in between, you know, obviously the GLIACs of last year and the NCAAs of this year. So how did you go about your training process in terms of not, you don't want to peak too soon. You don't want to peak at GLIAX. You want to peak at the national championships. Yeah. So um, for us, at least we kept training um, like we were going to finish out an outdoor season, which is mentally you're, you know, that was a very confusing time. We had no idea what was going to go, go on for next year, but we knew we weren't going to have an outdoor season. So I don't know about for Dennis, but for us, we continued to train like we were having an outdoor season without having one, then took our little break and then 
started over like a full new year. Um, so that was interesting in itself, just thinking about a lot of what ifs or what, you know, what could I have ran? What could I have done? Where would we be now? But um, again, I just had this goal that I wanted so bad last year that I just wasn't going to let anything like that get in the way. So. You guys have had some great moments all throughout this season as well. Nicole, I feel like every week we talked about you breaking the 200 again. And then Dennis, of course, your indoor team setting that DMR record. So as this season came, you had all these little moments. Talking about some of the highlights for each of you for this season. Dennis, I'll ask you to begin. What were some of your favorite memories from this indoor season? Uh, just the DMR team. Just being able to like come off like after the weekend, like the day before, a lot of us had raced. So just like coming back the next day and being able to like put a, such a good performance out there, like really made like the season good. And then just like knowing like how much effort every single person put in, just like throughout the season, just like seeing every single person like PRing throughout the school season, just like made the whole season in general good. That's awesome, Nicole. Um, one of my favorites was definitely the DMR as well. Um, Allie Ludge is, well, I know Denny has these, but like a Laker legend, um, Allie Ludge was the last one of mine that was here that I have not been able to compete with. Um, I got to be able to compete with Rachel and Angie and, um, Shantae. And, um, so she was kind of like the last one. So that was nice for me. And I'd also begged for three years for Jerry to let me be on it. So, um, being able to be on it and break a school record and be able to hold another one um, was a big deal for me. And then also that first 400 back, uh, um, obviously a personal best school record, kind of just made me realize in my head, like, all right, I think, I think all this is going to be worth it. So. So you also be able to run some distance events and some sprints when you were coming up in your infant stages of track and field, when did you kind of hone in on sprints and when did you decide to kind of make that the path you'd go down? So I have not technically ran anything over 400. Um, but I was really, really, really embarrassingly bad at the 400 <laughs> for a long time. Um, it wasn't until like junior year that I was like, okay, like I might be not that bad. And actually was the main reason I was recruited by a lot of schools, which is ironic because when I first started running track, I was running like a minute, 24 second, like all out, all my effort into it, 400, which is. Just ridiculous. so you know, that sounds pretty fast to us over here. I run like a 53 now. So <laughs> that's like, it's really embarrassing, but um, I probably wouldn't say until about junior year of high school. I was like, all right, this might kind of be my race, but. And then Dennis, how did you wind up at Grand Valley? Tell us a little bit quickly about the background of your running career and how you wound up here in Allendale. Uh, actually, coming into college, I, don't, I, I wasn't thinking of doing track and field. I was just going to go to MSU, just go to school. And then just like over the summer, like, I came to a visit and then Jerry like promised like my dad and I a national title before graduating. And then just like during the summer, Jerry just kept keeping in touch with me like more than any other coaches, like weekly check by, like asking how training's doing. So like from that point on, I knew like Jerry like cared more about me than any other coaches. But just having that mentality mentality coming into GV I like knew Jerry had like the best interest for me just like making me the best runner I can be so that's like what ultimately did it for me just like give it a shot because how much care he put it into me so just like why not come here and give it a shot and then just like this last weekend I was able to like finally achieve like the goal that he set for me which was being a national champion and then I remember like after the race, my dad like called me because he's the one that I came with a visit with. And then he just like brought up like how Jerry like promised a national title and then just being able to like do it this weekend, like actually made it special. Let, let's talk about those national titles. Uh, question for both of you, Dennis, you first. Talk about your thought process going into that race and what your plan was throughout, throughout the 800. Uh, 
just like throughout the weekend, it was like, just make it to the final. And then just like making it to the final, I knew like throughout the season, I've had like good closing speed. So I knew as long as I was in the top four, like coming into the last 200 meters, I should, should be good. And then just like seeing, like throughout the race, I was just like reading like what people were doing. And then like 200, like 250 left. I saw they were starting to like move out to like lane two. And then they just like left lane one completely open. So as soon as they did that, I just like took the opportunity to go and and then just didn't look back. And then just like looking, I like made a quick glance to my side and then I just saw Jerry and Watson just jumping up and down. Like just like trying to focus, just finish. It's made it special. Nicole? We actually uh, watched Denny. Uh, we would watch the guys during the day because we couldn't be there. But it was crazy to watch him because you could see the coaches on the side, and that's how we could kind of tell what was going on. But um, for my race, I actually watched my roommate of three years win a national title before they took me out to get on the track. So um, Angelica is the same age as me. I literally was – I was mind blown. Uh, Katie was standing with me um, just because I had to run the three events in the hour. So we were kind of getting a game plan going. And so I'm just watching her quickly. And I was like, no way. Like I watched her like those last like five steps she had in her, like I can visually see like in slow motion. So it like completely kind of like took over me. Like obviously I already had in my head from the year prior that like I was going to do whatever it took to win. And then I watched her do that. And then they're like, all right, get out, get on the track. But um, I definitely ran a really silly 400 race because I was on, like, such a high of watching her win and, and knowing, like, what we wanted out of it. And just, you know, this is our fourth year together, and we've just talked about a lot of things together. But I went through that first 200 just immediate thought in my head. I could see the time on the clock, and I was like, Coach Rad is going to kill me when I step <laughs> off the track. But um, I knew I was going to give it everything I had left in it. I wasn't, I wasn't going to give that up. Um, I did run it like I was maybe fresh 18 years old. I don't think I've ever ran it just that. Just like, are you kidding me? But um, I know he'd probably say the same thing. We haven't actually had time to kind of go over it. But, um, yeah, it definitely wasn't my smartest. 400 race but I also have never been in an individual position like that where I you know would be able to win so Nicole to see your reaction to your roommate and good friend winning is almost well you were more excited when we talked about you winning your own race and setting your own times uh, I feel like that's kind of true throughout this team if you could speak a little bit to the camaraderie that the uh, women's track team has yes that you've experienced over the last four years here yeah so um I love, I love the women's team. That's one of the main reasons I came here was, um, obviously you guys probably don't really fully understand, but it's really hard to find women that genuinely support and, um, like, <laughs> um, care and like, you know, want to see each other win. And that's just one thing that I really have loved about this program. Um, but no, I was, I definitely had, I was insane. I hope someone got it on video when she won because it like I don't know I was going crazy but yeah and then I watched the film when I won and I'm just like all right on to the next I got to keep going um but that was also something Rad and I had talked about was that you know I'll be able to celebrate later um just because I had so much that I had to get done that I didn't really have time to soak in it into that moment it was kind of like a deep breath and I need to do x y and z for the team as well um just so that we were still in a good position so I know both of you are on tight schedules. We really appreciate you giving us a little time. Before we let you go, though, obviously outdoor season's on the horizon. Nicole, you're already outside, getting used to the elements out there. But if you could talk a bit about what your majors are, talk about what your goals are career-wise, what you're thinking about after you're done at Grand Valley. Well, uh, Dennis, we'll have you start with this one. Uh, right now I'm a senior, and then my plan is to graduate this, this season, or like this after this semester. And then I'm planning my major is computer science. So just like looking into any program or like any jobs of like software development, it's like ultimately my dream job is like to become a software developer for any company. And then just like looking, 
for outdoor seasons just to like bring on a bring as many people to qualify for outdoor since everything is like hosted here in Allendale. So just having like the fan base and like every everyone around in town. So that's like ultimately the goal just to like make it to outdoor season nationals. And then Nicole? Uh, so I have already completed my criminal justice degree, but thanks to COVID, I can be here another year. So um, I have a little bit time left in a legal studies degree as well. And then I have a minor in criminal justice or juvenile justice. Um, so after next year, I'm kind of looking between going to law school or if I'm kind of done with school for a little bit, need a break, or I have a lot of interest in going into Homeland Security. Um, but I got a little bit more time to figure it out kind of and feel things out. Um, but going into outdoor season, definitely want to drag a couple more people with us, especially since we're home. Um, and I will spend my last two um, national, well, my last nationals even next year here um, at home, which I think is cool. Um, I would hope that maybe we could squeeze some people in to watch it. Um, I know it's pushing it this year, maybe not next year, but um, I think it would be super cool. I just don't really know how many national championships, you know, we really get to host. So um, I think it's something super special. And I think that maybe it would drive more people to, you know, want to be able to qualify and stuff. But I definitely think that, you know, like I said, holding the fire this past weekend has definitely added more fuel to mine and a lot of other women. So I think that we would want nothing more than to win another national title at home. I mean, so. Well, we're really excited that the national out outdoors are here so we can watch you guys compete live and in person. It was awesome watching you guys on video this past weekend. A great weekend by both of you. Great indoor season. Glad you got to hold that fire and able to uh, let it out all over the place in Birmingham. Looking forward to more of the same here in the outdoor season. Best of luck going forward to you too. Thank you so much for your time. And again, congratulations on a great weekend, both of you in Birmingham. Thank you. Yeah. That interview with Nicole Sreenan and Dennis Mbuda brought to you by Coors Light, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. Jake Levy, Tim Knott back here with you. And I just love that story, Tim, that Dennis told about he was just going to go to Michigan State, be a regular kid, and then Jerry promises him a national championship. And here he is as a senior, gets that individual national championship. Oh, and uh, dad remembered, by the way. Yeah, he, he didn't and, let that one yeah. go. And, you know, that speaks to Coach Baltus and his ability to develop student-athletes. They come in here with Good credentials. He turns them into national championships, national champions rather, and, and it's across the board in, in both the men's and women's side. The development of these kids is amazing over their four and five years, and it speaks to uh, Dennis and, and his national championship. The Anchor Up podcast is brought to you in part by Novacare. Discover the power of physical therapy by PNC Bank, the official bank of GVSU Athletics, PNC Bank, for the achiever in you. For Earhart Construction, right from the start, by Homewood Suites Grand Rapids. Enjoy all the comforts of home at the only extended stay hotel in downtown Grand Rapids. Also brought to you in part by Uccello's, where great food and sports come together by DTE Energy, Know Your Own Power, and by Mervine Beverage, reminding you to drink responsibly. All right, well, it's, it was a busy week last week. Some hardware coming home with the Lakers from Birmingham, Alabama. But it's about to get a whole lot busier here this week as a couple more sports get back underway. And we have a ton of events to tell you about. And it's all started already. NCAA men's and women's swimming and diving at the national championships down in Birmingham, Alabama, trying to uh, hit the water and avoid tornadoes, Tim. Yeah, well, the opening day uh, on Wednesday um, was marred by uh, they were able to get the prelims in. Uh, but due to severe weather uh, possibilities with tornadoes and windstorms, they canceled the finals and moved those to Thursday morning, um, this morning, and then they will also compete in diving. So the Lakers uh, um, have some stuff pushed back. Uh, you know, both teams have, have chances to pu pu uh, bring home trophies, probably not a national championship trophy for the team, in, men or women, uh, Queens and um, Indianapolis and Drury are the headline favorites in both men's and women's. But uh, for the men, Jesse Goodyear, Keegan Hawkins, Eric Heber, he has a chance to win a couple of individual national championships. That is Heber in the 1,000 and 1,650 free, Roger Merritt Sala, Oscar Sara Armengol, Chris Kelly, Wrigley Fields, and George Poole, uh, th those three in the diving. On the women's side, uh, Emma Bliss, M Melina DeCourt, Rebecca Farber, Samantha Lorich, Bianca Lacari, Sarah Puskas, Netta Schiff, and Delaney Wiebrink 
um, are the swimmers, and they have a chance to really do well. They're seated high, high in their events, and they have a chance. Um, but in diving, the Lakers can really make up some ground. Nicole Carlson, Jesse McEachern, Alyssa Schaefer, and Nicole Taramina, along with Carissa Woolley. And Grayson Seagard is a top seed in both the one-meter and three-meter diving boards, and she has a legitimate shot to bring home national championships in both those events. So the Lakers um, competing in Birmingham. One, day one was kind of a, a scrambled mess, but uh, they're looking for big things in the next three days. You can watch the live stream at NCAA.com to follow them or visit GVSULakers.com after each day for a full recap of what has gone on in the pool down in Birmingham, Alabama. Then this weekend, as we mentioned, tennis begins the GLIAC play. They take on Ashland on Friday and then Wayne State on Saturday, so a good opportunity for them to get back on the court against GLIAC opponents, and we'll see how the GLIAC season starts out for them. So that is Friday and Saturday, uh, both of them in Grand Rapids, so the Lakers will be taking on Ashland and then Wayne State this weekend. Hard to believe it. We just talked about track and field being done on the indoor side, but guess what? They're off and running the outdoor season. They're headed on down to Florida for an all-day event on Friday and Saturday. So the outdoors are already looking to get some qualifications for nationals, which will be right here in Allendale, Michigan. Baseball was supposed to take on Tiffin on Friday because of weather in the area. They've bumped that back to Saturday, so we'll talk about that in a second. But first, the defending national champions finally get to hit the field. Jeff Hostler's Women's soccer team, the six-time national champions, have not played an official game since December 14th, 2019, when they won that national championship on the double overtime golden goal. And now the number one team in the nation in the preseason rankings hits the field for the first time this week. And it's a senior-studded team. It is a star power team coming off that 2019 season where they set the record for the most goals scored in a single season. Only lose one player from that team, but it's a big one. Rico Segarra, who is the unanimous National Player of the Year is off to a uh, pro career overseas. She hopes once this COVID thing sets aside. But the Lakers have a very veteran, very talented team back, and they take on Northern Michigan this Friday and Michigan Tech on Sunday. Well, it's a Gleick-only season. Uh, it's a shortened season. There is no no NCAA tournament at the end. So they will hold a Gleick regular season followed by a Gleick tournament. And then uh, I believe that all these young ladies are coming back for next year. So they will uh, compete in the spring. It's, it's, it's like their spring season, only they're playing legitimate games. They used to always go play a Division One opponent in the spring, usually maybe two or three of those exhibition games. Uh, but they are going to play a GLIAC schedule with the GLIAC tournament, and then they will uh, take some time off and, and get ready for next fall. So, uh, you know, it's a chance for Coach Hosler to get some of these young kids a lot of experience and preparation for next fall. And whether a player is changing positions or whether they're just trying to find a different role or figure out where somebody can help out, this is a great opportunity to do that as well. In a season that counts and still matters and you have to play your best, mm -hmm. but it's not the fall championship season. There's no NCAA tournament coming to uh, build up to. So a great opportunity to learn about the depth of that team and, of course, get some of those freshmen a chance to play and some of those younger players some much-needed experience, as Tim mentioned. So they take on Northern Michigan on Friday at 4 p.m. and then take on Michigan Tech on Sunday at noon. It'll be on the turf field, we believe, not quite the uh, GVSU soccer field just yet, as that's still thawing out from the winter that is hopefully in our rearview mirror. Volleyball taking on Ashland this weekend as well. They're in the GVSU Fieldhouse. Get them back in the uh, hometown for a couple of games. They've only played three of their matches at home. They had that opening weekend against Parkside, then one of them last weekend against Davenport, but they get two against the Eagles this weekend. The Eagles and Lakers, both 6-2, and two, tied atop the GLIAC South Division, so it'll be a, a fun weekend of some good volleyball. And the, you know, I'm excited to see them back at home. Um, you know, we've talked about their maturity and how they've grown throughout the year. This is a, a growing process. Again, there's a there, there will be a GLIAC tournament, but this season doesn't really count, count with no NCAA uh, tournament following the regular season. So, you know, just to see the continued improvement, I know the Coach Scanlon and Coach Johnson have been pleased so far, and they're just looking to see uh, the, them continue to uh, improve down the road. See if Allie Thompson can keep up this incredible run she's had from the outside in opening matches of the weekends that she's put on the last three weeks. Then on Saturday, more swimming and diving, of course, more tennis. Baseball is taking on Tiffin. They were supposed to play on Friday, but because of low temperatures in Ohio, they've decided to push that back to a 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock doubleheader in Tiffin before coming back home on Sunday to face the Dragons in a single nine-inning game 
at 1 p.m. So a former GLIAC opponent in the Tiffin Dragons, but an in-region opponent for the Lakers to uh, test themselves against. Then only one more midweek game before GLIAC play starts, so a chance to kind of see what they'll look like in a three-game series, see how that rotation uh, takes shape and gives them some late-game situations, hopefully, as well, where they can uh, figure some things out. And it'll be the first game for the Lakers at the uh, Laker baseball field since 2019. It's true. Uh, no home games last year. They they were 11 and four when the season was halted due to COVID, uh, and that uh, you know so they're playing at home for the first time, and so that'll be nice for the guys. There's some guys who've never played here, um, some junior college transfers and freshmen who with with last season getting canceled uh, haven't played a game here at the Laker Field, so they're excited to get out there. Speaking of home openers, the number 10 GVSU women's lacrosse team welcomes in number three Indianapolis at 1 p.m. on Saturday. We'll have that game for you on the Grand Valley Sports Network as well, and that should be a really, really fun one. It is a seasoned veteran indie team that brought a lot of their players back from last year after the uh, COVID year cut the spring short. The GVSU team, a lot of the seniors kind of departed, but some really talented freshmen, some young players. Of course, we talked about some of the other upperclassmen that have already stepped up this year earlier today. Anna Gritter, by the way, was just named the uh, Defensive Player of the Week. So we know that senior can play on the defensive side. Coach Lawler's talked a lot about what they've done in terms of draw controls and possession and being able to play well on both the defensive side and the offensive side. Olivia Esposito, a true midfielder. Sophie Conroy moving more into the offensive role, and she's really taken that by the horn. So that should be a really fun one. We'll see where the Lakers are. I mean, they, they've played some competition early on. They're 3-0, and Indy's 4-0. and And the since I've been at Grand Valley, Tim, really, it's been those two teams kind of duking it out for who is going to be the Midwest representative in the in the regional. So uh, not saying that it's going to have quite that high of implications. There's still plenty of season left. But you know, it, it, in years past, that has kind of been the breaking point. It comes here four games into the season. Well, yeah, and, you know, Grand Valley State ended the 2020 season with that big win over Lindenwood, yep. who was, a, I believe, number two ranked in the – Two or two, they're always two or one, two or three. Yeah. So, so that's a big win. So that, you know, and then Grand Valley State has played some really good competition, you know, early in the season. So this is going to be their first test and uh, against a you know top five program, and he and he comes in number three. So uh, excited to see that. You know, we'll see what advantage they they get by playing at home. No fans still. Um, although we'll talk about that at the very end here. Uh, so we're excited to see them. Yep, then volleyball back at it against Ashland at 4 p.m. in the GVSU Fieldhouse Arena. Softball is on the road in Ohio. They take on Ohio Dominican for a doubleheader on Saturday and then take on Walsh for a doubleheader on Sunday. Follow at GVSU Softball. Visit GVSULakers.com for all the coverage links and updates from the number 19 team in the country in their final tune-ups before GLIAC play as they're on the road in Ohio. And then next week, they welcome in Wisconsin Parkside, their home opener on March 25th when they get things rolling and the GLIAC season is underway. So Coach Callahan, Coach Rivera, going to get them ready to go and have one more couple of doubleheaders. And we've seen the depth of that pitching staff likely trying to identify who is going to kind of take a stranglehold on some of those spots now that GLIAC play is around the corner. So a very, very busy weekend. Men's golf is at the SVSU Invitational in Lexington, Kentucky, and they need a really good showing, you know, not for nothing, but the GLIAC did not play in the fall at all, so it really limits the opportunities for both men's and women's golf. They got started last week and really have to kick it into gear in a hurry to get themselves in a position to reach the postseason. The GVSU men's golf team has reached the postseason 18 consecutive years, but kind of put not no, through no fault of their own, but were put in a tough spot because of the lack of play in the fall where they really have limited opportunities to uh, earn themselves a right to compete in the postseason. Well, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, with the GLIAC not competing, it was the GLIAC's choice. The uh, Great Lakes Valley Conference uh, did compete along mm -hmm. with the GMAC. Those teams did get three to four tournaments in the fall, built their, built their ranking up, and right. it, it's based on points of how you finish it how you finish against other league uh, region schools well the lakers are put in a bind because they're not going to have all those matches all those uh head-to-head -head results so they really have to say hit the ground running really can't afford any you know really bad performances in terms of uh against in region teams and so they're going to have uh, four, four tournaments i believe um to uh right the ship here and uh get that uh, regional bid now, the GLIAC championships will be in the spring, so you could win the GLIAC championship and get that automatic bid. 
So, uh, but Wayne State's going to have a say in that. They returned their entire lineup, which is senior laden last year. Yep, North and was pretty North good. Ferris State's pretty good. Ashland's pretty good. Ashland's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. It's a very, so, very, very good GLIAC yes. on the men's side, particularly. So it is going to be tough, and there's not much room for error. The women are also down in Lexington, Kentucky, on Monday and Tuesday next week. So the men take care of it first, and then the women keep things going in Lexington following that. So a very, very busy week, Tim. You teased it a little bit before we get out of here. There is some news. There is some conversation about the possibility of the GLIAC lessening the restriction on fans. As of right now, there are no spectators allowed inside facilities to watch games, even on the outdoor side. So it doesn't matter if it's an indoor or an outdoor event. As of right now, as of the recording of this podcast, Wednesday at 3 p.m., they are not allowing fans, but that could change. That could change. Uh, the, the GLIAC ADs have talked about allowing fans, but that has to go to the GLIAC presidents to be voted on and they make the ultimate decision on if fans will be allowed. So the ADs have kind of given their blessing. Now it's up to the, up to the presidents, and the presidents are seeing the entire picture right. of bringing individuals onto their campus who might, be, might have COVID, and that's not what they want. They don't want to bring the virus here. Uh, now, teams are testing, uh, you know, in terms of who we're playing. We're testing a, a significant amount. The GLIAC has protocols in terms of testing. So we know those teams are testing when they come here. That can't be said for the fans. Right, and there's I no mean, way to track it. And there's it. no way to track it. So, you know, that's what they're concerned about. They're not concerned about the teams transmitting it in a game or a match. They're, t they're concerned with fans coming here, transmitting it to those said student-athletes when they might meet up with their parents. That's why they're trying to keep the kids away from the mom and dad, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins who might want to watch them play. And yeah, it's a, it's a hardship on them. We understand that. But we're trying to let these student-athletes compete in their seasons. And if there's COVID problems, then you're not going to be able to do that. So stay in tune to GVSLakers.com. As soon as we know something, we will put it out on uh, on social media and GVSLakers.com. Right, and part of it also comes to if you have to be socially distanced, if you have to wear a mask, there, there will be some restrictions that come with it if it is opened up. But you know what? Uh, with everything we're seeing with the uh, vaccine being spread, it looks like things are very close to getting back to normal. And, of course, we want our student-athletes, families, and friends to be able to come in, see them compete. We love getting to know the families as well. It's a big part of what makes Grand Valley so special and why we love doing what we do. But we have to get through this, and we have to get back to normal. And whatever the presidents and ADs think is the best, as, as you said, seeing the full picture for what's best moving forward, we have to uh, – Honor that, respect that, and whatever that decision is, we will relay it to you just as soon as we can. But either way, you can watch each and every event on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Go to watchgvsn.com or, of course, search GVSN or Grand Valley Sports Network on your favorite app to stream all of the action at home this weekend from your home so you can watch the Lakers from wherever you may be. Also make sure to follow us on social media at GVSU Lakers for all the latest updates on everything around athletics and visit GVSULakers.com for up-to-the-minute results, stories, and more. Tim, before we get out of here, anything else? No, just a busy weekend coming up. A lot of uh, events the next 14 days. I think we counted out 39 events home and away that, we'll, that our office will be covering. And so we're going to be busy. And uh, shout-out to uh, Abby Paragon, who uh, did an outstanding job with track last weekend. Obviously, it was a bit different covering that when you're not there. You're kind of relying on individuals getting you information, uh, coaches and, and pictures of people that we hired. Abby did an outstanding job. Uh, and uh, so giving that program the due, due uh, publicity that they deserve. Absolutely. She did a fantastic job. And before we go, we do have one more event we forgot to tell you about. Mitch Ashcraft yep. getting married this weekend. Our great GVSU Athletics Communications intern is uh, out of commission for the next week or so because he'll be celebrating his marriage. Congratulations to him getting married on Friday. Hopefully he gets to enjoy that and his honeymoon while staying socially distant and safe and all the things we have to say, of course. So with all of that said, we appreciate you all joining us for the Anchor Up podcast once again. Another busy week of Laker athletics. And we will talk to you next week. Until then, as always, Anchor Up.